Hi friends, my name is Tracy and I'm so glad you joined us for this episode of the Abundant Living Podcast. This is your podcast where you can discover how to better serve Christ, create great friendships with like-minded ladies, and live a more abundant Christian life. Before we dive in, remember you can find podcasts like this and so much more on our website at christianladiesfellowship.com. While learning more about this unique ministry, you can also read articles, find resources like books and music, sign up to get helpful devotions delivered right to your inbox, and click the link to join the conversation in our Facebook group. Thank you for joining me today for episode number 34 of the Abundant Living Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Burns. I'm excited to bring you today's episode. Similar to our last episode in 33, this is from a devotion given at the Christian Ladies Fellowship at the Preacher's Delight Conference at Emmanuel Baptist Church this year. This devotion was given by Mrs. Beth Payton. She helps her husband in the ministry called Reaching Spanish Nations. She talks a little bit about their ministry in this episode, and I know that the wisdom that she brings in this episode will be such a blessing to you and encouragement. I hope if you enjoy this episode that you share it with a friend. Without further ado, Mrs. Beth Payton at the Christian Ladies Fellowship at the Preacher's Delight Conference 2022 at Emmanuel Baptist Church. I, I guess I'm a visual learner. I think that comes from growing up this is going to sound bad. My parents never spoke to me. My parents are both deaf, so they didn't verbally speak to me, but a lot of my life was seeing things. So I, I like visual illustrations. So I brought for you my little tea pitcher. This is probably one of my children's favorite things to see on the table because if you know my children, I try to keep them away from sugary drinks. <laughs> they have lots and lots of energy. That pitcher means that mommy's going to make sweet tea for dinner and they get super excited whenever they see that. The other night, it was right after Miss Neal had asked me to speak and I guess I should have opened with thank you for the opportunity, but I'm not really thankful. I'm really terrified. Um, I don't like, I'm thank you, thank you, Lord. Okay, okay, thank, let me take that back. I am very thankful for the opportunity. I'm excited to get to share what God put on my heart. But it was just, it was funny. I made a pitcher of sweet tea one afternoon, and the kids were all excited. And then by dinner time, the pitcher was about halfway full. Don't ask where all of that tea went. But by the time it was dinner, the pitcher was halfway full. And I was serving, so I poured for my husband, I poured for the kids, and before I got to my glass, the pitcher was empty. And my kids were sad. They were like, Mommy, there's nothing left for you. And I said, that's the story of my life. No, <laughs> I did not say that to them. I was trying to be, you know, the spiritual mom, so I was like, it's okay. There's more where that came from. So I went back to my pantry, and my kids love this raspberry flavor iced tea mix, and I love it because it's super fast. I know how to do sun tea or do tea on the stove, but this is super fast, so I use this a lot. So I told the kids, it's okay that my pitcher is empty because there's more where that came from. And I think a lot of times in life, we start to feel low. We start to feel like our pitcher is empty and I have nothing left to give. I have nothing left to pour out. And because my pitcher is empty, I have no worth. I see all the glasses around me are full, but my pitcher is empty. And we get into, I guess, a dangerous point as women because we say, well, what good am I? And it's really easy as, I don't know, maybe I'm showing my feet of clay, to get really insecure and to feel like I have no value, I have no worth. But it, it made me think of the, the story in 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7, and I know y'all have heard it before. This is absolutely nothing new. To summarize, the woman had lost her husband. She had no money, and the creditors were coming to take her sons away. 
and we thought the IRS was bad. They, their creditors were coming to take her sons away to make them be slaves. So she goes to the man of God, which is a good idea when you're empty and you're at the bottom and you don't know what to do. Of course, we can go to God, but that's why God's given us a pastor. That's someone that we can go to in, in times like that. But she goes to the man of God and he tells her in 2 Kings 4, 3, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. So the woman listened to the man of God, which is another good decision. If you're going to go to the man of God and he gives you advice, listen to it. So she listened to the man of God and she went on Facebook Marketplace and she asked all of her neighbors if anybody was giving away any empty vessels, uh, five-gallon buckets, cups, anything, any, any kind of vessel. And she sent her little kids out into the neighborhood with their little red wagon and they were going down the neighborhood, knocking on doors, getting all the vessels that they possibly could. It was a group effort because... She knew she needed something. So she sent them all out, and when they came back, she started filling them up. The point of that, that yes, there was value in the oil. She sold it, and she was able to get the money back, and she was able to take care of her family, pay her debt, move forward. But the value was in there being empty vessels. If there were no empty vessels, that miracle could never happen. If you are an empty vessel, and we, we get that way sometimes. We, everybody, we pour ourselves out, whether we pour ourselves into our family as a wife, making those sandwiches and folding that laundry and washing those dishes, as a mother, getting those kids to bed, getting the kids, when's the last time they took a bath? We should probably give them a bath. All of the different duties, and then you pour yourselves into your different ministries. Pastors' wives have a lot of things that they take care of. I can't even imagine all the things that you have to take care of in delegating them. Ladies who are involved in music, ladies who are involved in different fellowships and things like that. I think of important ministries like Sunday morning fellowship, the slimps do our coffee. Without the slimps, there would be very angry people in Sunday school. <laughs> so every ministry that you pour yourself into, you pour yourself into your family, you pour yourself into your friends, you pour yourself into those that you go soul winning to, and you're left with an empty pitcher. It's okay to be an empty pitcher. It's okay to feel like you have nothing left. Being in the ministry, sometimes where my pitcher was bone dry, it was empty, I had nothing left to pour out, and I had to stop and remind myself that my value is not in what I do, it's in who I am, and I am a vessel, and if I'm empty, that just means that God gets to fill me up. And that's, there's nothing more exciting than to think about that. The fact that God gets to fill you up and God gets to use you. And I've seen firsthand that if you're in the battle, because we're building and battling. Um, if you're in the battle and you're a willing vessel, even if you feel empty, God will show you that there's more where that came from. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall be not room enough to receive it. In Georgia where I didn't think there was going to be any more where that came from. We were on deputation, and we went to this little bitty town. We had no gas in our tank by the time we got there. That is the story of a missionary's life. There is no gas in the tank. What are we going to do? There was only a Waffle House. That was the only place to eat. And we had a $20 bill. That was it. There was nothing in the bank account. I think we were probably in the negative. Um, we had a $20 bill. And we're like, okay, so we're going to eat, and then we're going to go to the, the prophet's chamber, and then we'll preach tomorrow, and then we'll go home somehow if we push our vehicle back home. And so we're eating, and I calculated the change. I was like, okay, so based on what we ate, and this is, you know, before inflation, I was like, there'll be $11 left if we give a $2 tip, and that's a 15%, that's, that's so we're good, we're good. 
And my husband's like, just leave the whole 20 and leave a track. And I was like, why are you so spiritual? Um, <laughs> it's like, why do we want to be a blessing to them? We have no way to get home. So I was holding so tightly to that $20 bill, but I, I listened to my husband for once. And I left the $20 bill and we left the track. And as we were about to leave, the waiter came back to us and he was like, do you have any more of those? And we were like, what, money? No. <laughs> and he said, no, those, those invitations for church. And we're like, yes. And he's like, I want to keep them by the register. And granted, these are Emmanuel Baptist Church invitations. Like, so we handed him a bunch and he kept him by the register. And I was like, oh, that's so great. God is so good. He did it. But we have no way to get home and we have no more money. But yay, that's great. Yay, I'm so excited to have an empty pitcher. The next day, we went out to eat to lunch with the pastor's family after the morning service. And we were sitting, it was some kind of buffet restaurant. I can't remember what it was. It was in Georgia, so it was good. But it was some kind of buffet. And we were sitting there waiting. And I struck up a conversation with a lady who was waiting for our table. And we were just talking and talking. And then they called for her, so she went to their, their table. And as we were waiting for them to call us, she came running back and she's like, I don't know why, but the Lord put it on my heart to give this to you. And she didn't give me the $11 that I tried to save from the 20. She gave me a $20 bill. So what I had tried to hold so hard onto, because I didn't want to be empty, I didn't want to have an empty pitcher, I let God empty me out, and then he filled us right back up. Now, the, the church also gave us a love offering. We were able to get home. This wasn't a, a push-your-car-home story. But that was an instance that, in our ministry, God showed there was more where that came from. We were in Wisconsin because, you know, being Florida kids, we thought, how about Wisconsin in January? <laughs> if you ever get called to the mission field and you go on deputation, don't do that. Do not do that. So we went up there, and you, they use special kind of coolant in their vehicle because... When it's in the negative, your car can overheat. I can't explain it, but it happens because it happened to us. And so we're on the side of the road. Elena is four months old, and it's starting to get very chilly in our vehicle. We're like, okay, so what do we do? So my husband unhooks the baby carrier, because it was one of those carrier car seat combos, unhooks the baby carrier. He's walking down the road with the baby, and I have like all of our blankets stuffed around her so she doesn't get frostbite. It was in the negative. And so I'm like walking with him, like, where are we gonna go? What are we gonna do? And this lady stops by and picks us up. My heart was, I was terrified. You know, I'm, again, a Florida girl. I'm not a frozen ice cube. So to go through that was scary for me. I was like, there's no way. Like, God, how do people live like this? But God brought that lady by, and she's like, normally I leave a lot earlier for my classes, but today my teacher called off the class. So I didn't have to go in until later. So she stopped and she picked us up. Different instances like that, God has shown us that there's more where that came from. If you have that faith, if you're a willing vessel. In West Virginia, we went to eat with a pastor. Normally, if when the missionaries go to eat with a pastor after the service, he'll pay for the meal. Well, before the meal was done, we saw some people from the church come in. They're like, hey, pastor. And we're like, hey, guys. And, you know, great sermon. You know, we're excited for your ministry, blah, blah, blah. And they go, and we keep seeing, like, other people that the pastor knows. And then before the meal was done, the pastor goes to pay for it. And the waiter's like, I'm sorry, someone's already paid for your meal. And the pastor was like, all of us? And they're like, yeah. So someone paid for our meal. The waiter comes back again and says, somebody else tried to pay for your meal after it was already paid for. And as we sat there just talking, before we left, 
someone else came up and said, I tried to pay for your meal. So this is three times. This meal is paid for, guys. Um, so the, the third person's like, I tried to pay for your meal, but it was already paid for. So I got two bags of cookies. It was one of those like Piccadilly cafe places. He's like, I got two bags of cookies for you guys to take home with you. And the pastor looked at us and he's like, I need to eat with you guys more often. <laughs> but the sad part was because he said, nobody has ever paid for my meal as a pastor. Nobody has ever paid for my meal. And I thought that was sad. You know, here we are, we're being blessed because they're taking care of us and nobody's taking care of them. They had an empty vessel, but we were there and they got that vessel filled over and over and over and cookies to boot. So that, that, was, that was a great, a great time uh, just to get to be with them. I remember on deputation, our laptop broke. Back then, I know churches have a lot more technology and stuff now that you can just like, here's the link to my missions presentation video and they can just pop it in and put it up on their TVs. Back then we had to bring our own projector, we had to bring our own laptop, sometimes we had to bring our own screen, uh, you know, the sheet over the tablecloth. And we had to bring the, the little HDMI cord while our laptop broke. Like, How are we supposed to show them the video? And they happened to hear it and the first night was like a prayer meeting night, there wasn't preaching. It was just prayer for the meeting. And the church voted in the prayer meeting to buy us a new laptop. So the next morning, we're at Best Buy. And they're like, go get a laptop. So we went and we found like the little Dell cheap laptop, like the one that we had. And they're like, no, get the MacBook Pro. Whatever the newest one. I don't know what the new one was back then. But the nicest laptop that they had then, we're like, no, I mean, this will work. And they're like, no, get this one and whatever hookups that you need to make it work for your projector for the rest of the ministry. And we're like, that's worth more than our car. But okay, um, <laughs> sure, we'll, we'll get that. So God showed that there was more where that came from. In one meeting, Sometimes I get really bad migraines. I don't know if it's because I drink too much coffee or I've gone too long without coffee. I've drank coffee too long to not know. I had a really bad migraine as we were in the service. It just hit me. I, there was no warning. There was nothing. It was just all of a sudden flashes of light. I was gripping the pew looking like, you know, the spirit was taking control. But <laughs> it was a migraine. It was a migraine that was so bad I had to throw up. And I said, oh no, my husband is about to go up there and preach and I am going to throw up all over everything. So I run out of the back of the auditorium. I didn't know what else to do. And the pastor's wife came out there and met me and I found a bathroom and I was just puking my guts out. And she was like, are you okay? And I said, I think I have a really bad migraine. I was like, I probably look like, oh wow, how is she gonna be a missionary wife if she's gonna migraine? She's like, no, it's okay, I get them too. So she gave me some Excedrin migraine, and then she had me go in one side of the nursery where all the lights were off, and she's like, you can just stay here for the services, because it was my husband and another missionary that were preaching. I was like, great, I ruined it, I blew it, what are we gonna do? And by the end of the service, I still, my brain wasn't back yet. And so the pastor and their wife was like, we're gonna take the missionaries out to Outback tonight. I was like, oh, my migraine's better. Um, <laughs> no, it was, it was still bad. I was like, I'm so sorry. And my husband's like, do you think you can go? I was like, you can go without me, but I just, I really cannot. There's lights or sound, everything. I can't, I just have to, I need to be in a quiet, dark place or my brain is going to explode. So the pastor and his wife got us to go out back boxes and then went back to eat with the missionary family. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is just so amazing. I really thought that I just blew it for us. And then after all of that, the church still took us on for support. <laughs> so God was really, really good there. They have this thing up north like snow and black ice happens on the road. We're not used to that. So we're driving like 30 <laughs> down the highway. And there's semi trucks that are spun out. There's cars that are flipped. And we're just like, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it through the power of God. 
and we finally get to the meeting, and well, I don't know if you guys have ever done this. Maybe you're more spiritual than me, and you get your kids in their church clothes to travel in. I didn't. They were still in their pajamas when we left the um, prophet's chamber from the other church. It was in West Virginia. We were going from one church to another. The pastor calls, and he's like, are y'all going to make it? We're like, we're going to be a little bit late. And I was like, Mike, we have to stop at a gas station. I have to change these children. And I guess the pastor heard me. You know, you're trying to whisper, but you didn't do a good job. And the pastor's like, no, y'all can come in as you are. I'm in a jean skirt and T-shirt. I'm like, oh, dear goodness, no. And my husband's already in his suit because I did his stuff first because I can change quickly. And I was like, I'll just change this really fast. No. So we get there, and the service has already started. So my husband goes in, and I walk in the back with my kids in their PJs. <laughs> God's good. God's good. And I thought, again, for sure, I blew that. I just, I ruined it for us. They were going to think poorly of me. People see the limelight, but they don't see the judgment that goes with it. So I was like, I, I blew it. I blew it. But that church took us on for support, too. So I guess you can come as you are, and you can have all the migraines that you want. But no, that, those were just times that God showed us he was more than enough. And there's more where that came from. I remember, I guess one of the biggest points was when God changed our ministry's direction. And we were set, we were ready to go to Nicaragua. And then God said, I'm going to start a civil war right as you raise 110% of your support. So we waited. Things didn't get better. We waited. And my husband's uncle, who lives in Nicaragua, his family's in Nicaragua, the guard that he had on their street, they found him murdered. Things just got worse and worse. And so we started talking to pastor about it. And again, a great place to go when you are empty, because we were empty. We're like, what, what do we do? Like, what are we supposed to do? We just like go somewhere else? Like, what do you do? And I think the best advice was pastor told us to wait. When doors are closing around you, wait. And we prayed, and we talked to pastor, and then we started something that was way more where that came from. That burden to reach Nicaragua was to reach all 21 Spanish-speaking nations. And so reaching Spanish nations was born, and through talking with pastor, and God's brought different people along our way. But just because that vessel got filled back up, there were people who said, well, you're not really missionaries. That's not really a mission work. And so we started losing support. There were churches who, well, we wouldn't do it that way. So best of luck. Don't send us any more prayer letters. And that's fine. We would love every church in America to have a part in those 101 little children who got saved last week in Ecuador. Those are children who, like my husband said, they're born on a mountain, they live on the mountain, and they die on the mountain with a priest who visits them every once in a while because it's too poor for a Catholic priest to be willing to live with those people. Nothing would have happened if we hadn't been willing to be emptied of self, to be empty vessel, and let God fill us up again. There's value in the empty vessel. William Carey said, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. It's almost as if William Carey is trying to tell us that if we pour ourselves out, pour ourselves out in service to God, that he'll be there to fill us up and he'll use us to be a blessing. So how can we let God use us? Well, first of all, we have to be a clean vessel. So I washed it for you guys <laughs> instead of just rinsing it out and putting more tea in it. Don't tell me you don't do that. So we have to be a clean vessel, first of all. Secondly, we have to let God add the ingredients. Pastor Domily gave a great message on that this week, and he talked about, you know, maybe not all of the ingredients are the things that we would like in our life, but they're the ingredients that God wants us to have in our life. And without those ingredients, we're not going to be fit to be consumed by someone else. We won't be able to be poured out without those ingredients. So the ingredients that we have to fill our vessel, they're important too. Next, that we can't let anyone take our water. Pastor Chitty talked about that last night, and that was fantastic. They can come for your well, 
They can come for you and they will come and they will attack. But what they can't do is don't let them get your water. I always confuse Roloff and Robertson, but I think it was one of them who said, you can't take my joy because it didn't come from you. I'm not dependent on you to keep it. So don't let anyone take your water. Keep that water. Next, you have to have the right tool when Pastor Greg Neal was preaching. And he talked about if there's no more smiths, there's not going to be any more swords. So you have to have the right tool. And without the right tool, we're ladies, we're creative. We can use something to stir our tea. But I want to have the right tool. I want to have the right tool to make this tea for my children. And then it's meat and available to be used. We have to let God stir us up to fill the gap. There is a gap. There's a gap. And we've seen it. And we pray for our children over that gap, but there's a gap. There's something that needs to be filled, but it all started with that empty vessel. And when God stirs us up to fill that gap, to allow us to be emptied and to be used, well, we pour ourselves out, and there's more where that came from. Thank you so much for allowing me to speak. If you enjoyed this episode of the Abundant Living Podcast, be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app so that you are notified when a new episode is posted. Please rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. For more helpful content, be sure to check out our website, ChristianLadiesFellowship.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you're leaving with some great things that will help you to live more for the Lord, make amazing Christian friends, and serve the Savior every day. Let's go show the world just how abundant the Christian life can be. Until next time.